Hello, and welcome to On Walking the Way. Uh, this week we're going to do our second part of the series on walking in love, and we're going to look at the foundational nature of love this week. In previous articles, I've talked about faith and works and how, as modern people, we tend to want to separate things into neat little piles that do not touch, including faith and works, for example. Theologians are also guilty of this notion at times, as they strive for the ultimate systematic theology. Analysis is good, but you need to know when to stop. Because there are topics that break if you try to completely disassemble them. C.S. Lewis was once asked, which is more important, faith or works? And his reply, I'm told, was, that's like asking which blade of a scissors is more important. You see, Lewis understood that the question itself was wrong-headed. A pair of scissors ceases to exist if you separate the blades. Similarly, today I want to talk about love and knowing God. I don't think you can separate those two things without breaking them either. They are inseparable if you are to know either one. So let's begin by looking at a passage from 1 John. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Now this passage ends with the statement that we ought to love one another. I know it's a bit odd to start at the end, but I think it'll help us in this instance. The word ought in modern usage is a pretty weak word. We often use it in sentences like, I ought to stick to my diet. Something we should do, but often we don't. But we ought to. We have a lot of vague guilt for such vague responsibilities as well. But it would, it would be a mistake to read the word ought in this passage in that, yeah, I probably should, sense of the word. The word ought here speaks of obligation, not inclination. It is an imperative conclusion given the love of God described in the previous verses. Consider the following passage to give this phrase a bit of context and, honestly, a bit more bite. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Now that we have a better feel for the weight of John's words, let's go back and look at it again. First, we learned that love is from God. Love is something special. It has no earthly source. Whether it is a bear with her cubs, or a mother with her child, or a father laying down his life for his family, this all has the same source. 
Wherever true love exists, it did not spring from itself. It is a reflection of the God that created all things. I don't think there's anything more pathetic and sad than a true believer Darwinist trying to explain the origin of things like love or beauty or even reason for that matter. It seems the obvious is totally lost on them. After all, what is the chemical composition of love? What does it weigh? Why not catch some in a jar and synthesize it so it can fill the world? No, love is from God, and whoever truly loves is born of God and knows God. But whoever does not love does not know God. This may sound a bit jarring to our theology, but it shouldn't. In fact, the final judgment scene in Matthew 25 is hard to understand without this understanding of love. In that scene, people are saved or not saved based solely on their love for each other or the lack thereof. So my point in bringing this up is not to start a kerfuffle about the true nature and essence of salvation, but to reassert the absolute necessity of love in the life of every believer. I'm trying to show that love of others and knowledge of God are two blades of a scissors. And maybe to give a bit of pause to any believer that assumes that they are a cut above the rest because of their faith, so to speak, or their knowledge, when in fact their love is no greater than that of unbelievers. Faith and love cannot be separated into two distinct piles, and love is not a feeling. It is an action taken for the benefit of others. This is plain in the Matthew 25 passage we discussed earlier. Love is benefiting others at my expense. So getting back to where I started, knowing God can't be separated from the love of others. This passage makes that clear. Since God is love, you can't know God unless you know love, and to know love is not simply to understand love, it is to actually love, much like to know the guitar is to actually play the guitar. So love is, really, the foundation of everything. It is the foundation of God's salvation through Jesus, and it is the foundation of our knowledge of God. It could even be argued that love is more fundamental than faith, since arguably it would be hard to truly trust anyone you do not love, or from another point of view, the ability to trust anyone at all depends on the ability to love. I offer this as food for thought. In everyday Christian conversation, it seems faith is talked about so much more than love, but verses like this make me wonder if I really have the right priorities in my life. So how do we walk along this way? As always, this is the hardest question of them all. For Jesus, the way of love led him to the cross, where he paid the ultimate price to benefit us all. But Jesus told us that to follow him, we must pick up our cross daily. So... I think we can safely say that we're not expected to literally die every day on a cross because actual crosses are definitely a one-and-done kind of event. It's not something you do daily. So what does picking up my cross look like daily? 
It looks like benefiting others at my expense. This kind of love may take a million forms, but it must always be our first concern. Because, as Paul says, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. So to walk the way of Jesus and to pick up our cross is nothing more or less than daily looking for ways to benefit others at our expense. This love is not necessarily dramatic or flashy, but it is something we can all do every day, even to our enemies. Have a great week.